if you owe some money and uh, somebody walk to you and say, hey man, listen to me. Somebody just paid your debt. Now, what is it going to look like? Will you be surprised and will you be happy or will you be sad? How's it going to be? You're going to be surprised and then finally you're going to be happy. Hallelujah. Now, if you go back to the person you were owing and they said, uh, I'm told my debt has been paid, but I don't believe yet. You should confirm to me something like that. What do you think would be the possible response of the other man? Now, first of all, the man you were owing is not happy that you paid because everybody you are owing wants you to become a perpetual slave. You know, people are happy when you are indebted to them. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now, we should be rejoicing that the debt we owe has been paid by someone. We should just trust the person who paid the debt. We don't need to go back to ask if our debt has been paid. Because the only way for you to prove is that the person we owe you will not call you on the phone. You don't need to go and ask. Somebody walked to you and said, I have paid your debt. Oh, you've done it? Say yes. Thank you so much. I'm happy. You just announced to your people, my debt has been paid. How do I know? I don't need to go and ask. As long as the person will not call me on the phone, say, oh boy, what about that money? That's enough evidence that my debt has been paid. If you want to go back to make inquiry, it is like seeing before believing. And God spoke to Thomas and said, Blessed are those who have believed and yet have not seen that is faith. Are you sitting with me? So there is a blessing that connects those who can believe without seeing. It is as they believe that what they believe for comes to them. Now Jesus made one statement on the cross. Which is what everybody says and everybody knows. And it's simply called, it is finished. And that's what I'm sharing with you this morning. It is what? Finished. If it is finished, then it is finished. Anything you can imagine, anything you can ever imagine is finished. The debt you owe God before as a sinner was paid for. It is finished. Everything you could ever owe the devil in any way, it is paid for. Amen? And you can take that from John chapter 10 verse number 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. That is John 19 verse 30. The word finish is the word thileo in the Greek and it means to end. Hallelujah. It means what? To end. Everything you were in trouble with as you trust and believe into Christ must come to an end. It means to end. That is complete, to execute, to conclude, to discharge a debt. The debt you were owing have been paid for. So it's like saying, you have been discharged and acquitted. You are owing nobody. You are a free man. You are debt free, both spiritually and I also want to declare that physically you should be debt free. Hallelujah. To make an end, it means to expire. Mm, I like that. 
Meaning, there are some issues in your life that by reason of the death of Jesus Christ, they have expired. Oh my goodness. Now you see how people get into trouble because they take expired drugs. The thing that God said has expired in your life, you are holding on to them. It means to expire. Every issue that concerns you in life, as far as the enemy is concerned, as far as the issue of sin is concerned, has expired. And watch this. Anything that has expired does not have the right effect anymore. So again, you can watch that. Even if you think to be living on the old life that has already expired, it's no longer productive. The efficacy of an expired drug is on the other side. Instead of working positively, it works negatively. So we destroy ourselves by not believing into the finished work of Christ. You don't need rules and regulation to get into the victory of the cross. You only need to believe. Hallelujah. Are we there? Okay. Now, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Let me show you how the whole stuff got expired. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm reading from verse 5. Praise the Lord. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou willest not. But the body has not prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offerings for sin, thou willest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. But which will we are sanctified. Which people? We are sanctified. Through what? The offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. It is finished. We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Look at this. There's something I'm going to show you here now. Look at verse 11. And every priest standeth on the line of your Bible daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man after he has offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of God. Hmm? From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his full stool. For everyone offering, he had perfected 
For by the one offering has perfected forever them that are sanctified. I want you to see the progression. Wherefore the Holy Ghost is also a witness to us. For after that he has said before. Amen. Praise the living God. Now I want you to begin to see some things. The Bible says he offered this sacrifice once and for all. The demand of sacrifice that you need to be pleasing to God was offered by Jesus once and for all. Again, you must understand it's a comparison between the new order and the old order. And what I'm trying to say is all you need to believe to please God is to accept the sacrifice that was made on your behalf. And the good news is Jesus is not going to repeat the sacrifice. Hallelujah. Are you there? He's not repeating the sacrifice, meaning it's like what we've been saying. God is not counting on anything anymore. Because it's only when he finds something to talk about or to count on, that is when something has to be done to appease him. Hallelujah. Now, he did that once and for all. Now, the next thing I want you to see from the passage is he sat down. <laughs> now, watch what happened. The Bible says, the priests of the old orders keep standing daily. Are you still, are you still following that? The high priests of the old order, they keep standing daily. But this man offered and sat down. What does that mean? It is finished. You can't see him standing anymore. He offered and sat down. Meaning he completed the job. Now he's resting. Praise the living God somebody. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? He offered the sacrifice once. And he's not going to repeat it. And since he was not going to repeat it. He had all the privilege to do what? To sit down. The high priest in the Old Testament. They keep on standing. Because they keep on doing the job. But here the job is done once and for all. So because the job is done, what did he do? He sat down. Oh my goodness. I wish you can understand what I'm talking about. That is why you have to enter into the rest of the Lord. Because himself is, if I has finished the job. When he says it is finished, it is finished. When he offered it, after quit, what did he do? He sat down. Now, Ephesians tells us that you are sitting together with him in the heavenly places. There is something you need to understand about that. If he sat down because the sacrifice had been finished. If he sat down, meaning no man, because God is no longer imputing sin unto you. No man can impute anything upon your life. He offered the sacrifices and because there was nothing else for him to do, he now sat down. Praise the living God. He sat down. He is at rest, unlike the old priesthood that keeps standing. Why? Because it is finished. Is that okay? Nothing to do anymore. Unlike the other priests that have to be, you see, the sacrifice were supposed to be there every day. They keep on coming every day, every day, every day, every year to offer. So, you find that they were always standing. It was actually a realm of labor. 
they were always standing, offering, standing, offering, burning, sacrifice, smoke, always stinking, if you will, because you can imagine the kind of aroma that will always been there, burning all of those things. But now, here is this man offering the whole thing once, and then he sat down and he said, It is finished. Nothing else to do. So it's like, saying, Father, I have done what you asked me to do. I have nothing else to do. Can I take a rest? And God said, You take a rest. But there's something connected to his taking the rest. That's something that really excites me. Where is he sitting? The Bible says at the right hand of God. What does that mean? At the place of power. At the place of authority. Now when a man is on authority, you don't need his physical presence for him to have things done or achieved. Hallelujah. Like a simple way, this way. If the policeman is standing on the traffic and you are driving, he can only raise his hand and you have to obey. He doesn't have to even talk to you at all. Is that okay? That's authority. He doesn't have to talk to you. There is no need for him to shout. No, no, no. He can just lift his hand and no matter what distance you are, as long as you can see the hand lifted up, you are going to park. Even if he just does this, you're going to park your car. That's authority. Now, he's sitting at the right hand of God, which is the place of authority. Now, what is he going to be doing from here? The Bible says something. Until his enemies have made his full stool. Praise the living God. He's sitting down until his enemies have made his full stool. Now, I'm going to make you see what his full stool of the Lord really is. Where the enemies are supposed to be. Meaning, there is no enemy in your life. I want to come to your life that I plan to come to your life that will not submit to the authority of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The high priest of the Old Testament they don't have a place of rest. They keep on walking. But this man by the time he finished offering he received power. He stayed in the place of power. All he needs to do now is to make proclamations and things are done. You don't need to see him to get things done. Hallelujah. Okay. Sitting that in place of power, which is the right hand of God. Now, the Bible tells us expecting, if you read on in that same passage, is that okay? If you just keep reading, you're going to find that. Praise the Lord. Maybe track on to verse number 15. Let's go to 16. Let's go to 16 and look at something there. Very quickly. Got it up. Verse number 16. Praise the living God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are we there verse 16? Let's look at it. This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, say the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts. And in their mind, will I write them. Okay. Now, what I want you to pick is this. In this new order that we are, there is a ministration of the Spirit as opposed to the ministration of the natural. Is that okay? Now, if you look at that, you find that the priests, they used to have their laws written on tablets of stones of the book of Moses, whichever way you want to call that. Praise the living God. But here it's written in your heart. That means you are flowing from another realm which is not external. Amen? Alright. Now, let's go back to sitting down. 
Like I'm trying to say. Praise the Lord. Now the Bible tells us this. Um, where am I here? It talks about those who are sanctified. In that place of sitting, he's not just sitting like the Bible says, he's sitting with an expectation, mind you. What is the expectation? That the enemies be made what? His fools too. Now, you can't expect God to expect a thing and not the thing coming to pass. Hallelujah. He has an expectation from this position of authority. And what is that? His enemies be put what? Under his feet. Praise the living God. Now, let me begin to pick some words for you here. He talks about perfecting them who are sanctified. To perfect, which is you and I, that are sanctified. That simply means you are purified, you are made holy, you are consecrated, you are venerated. Amen? That one sacrifice cleans you, makes you holy. Venerates you, honors you. That one sacrifice. Hallelujah. Now, I told us, I think on, on, on Wednesday, that word holy is from the word hagios, which talks about which is physically, morally blameless, and religiously as well, consecrated, and it means a saint. And that's why I made you understand that you are not supposed to die to be canonized as a saint. You are called to be saints. Romans 1 verse number 7. You are not to die to be canonized after your death. To be called a saint. What makes you a saint is your belief into the sacrifice of Jesus. Hallelujah. So to God, when he talks to the church, he's talking to the saints. Are you see that? Listen, there is nothing wrong if you go by the name Saint Osazua. Because that is who you are. Are you see following what I'm saying here? There is nothing wrong you call yourself Saint James. You are identifying with what Jesus have done. Amen. You are saints before God by reason of the sacrifice of Jesus. You are not saint because the church feel you are a saint. You know, church, you have to canonize some people and call them saints. No, that is not the word of God. Everyone who has come to believe into the Lord Jesus Christ is a saint. Can I hear an amen to that? So you have Saint Luke, you have Saint Agnes. You have Saint Okoro. No, we got all the saints, eh? Hallelujah. The world perfected. Talk about perfecting them. The word perfect also means to complete, to accomplish, to consummate in character, to finish, to make perfect. Now, the next word we read, it doesn't pass the expectation that God has concerning we are his enemies. To accept, the word expectation means to accept from someone a source. That is, by implication, to await. To expect, to wait to see. In other words, as Christ is sitting down at the right hand of God, all that is waiting for 
is for all that which you call enemies to be brought under his feet. Okay, let me show you where the feet are. Ephesians 2. Okay, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 22 to 23. And I put all things under his feet. Whose feet? Jesus' feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all and in all. Amen. Now, Christ is the head of the church. And the church is supposed to feel all. Now, so watch this. If the enemies are under his feet, it means the enemies are under the feet of the church. And who is the church? Yourself. Let me tell you something. There is nothing that was supposed to ride over your head. All enemies are under the feet. Of his body, which is the church. He is the head, we are his body. So when he's sitting down, he's expecting us to crush every enemy. I was reading in a book recently, and the man said, I don't look up to pray. And he explained, He said, Because I don't want distraction. Because the one I'm praying to reside on my inside. So I bear my head to see where he is. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> The church is expected to crush every enemy. You don't expect him to come do it for you. No. He's just watching to see what the church can do. That's what I'm talking about, the militant church. You see, if you, if you study the book of Song of Solomon, the Bible says, the heart of the people were disturbed when they begin to hear about the coming of the church from the wilderness. Say, so who is that coming out of the wilderness? There was trouble in the heart of the people. Even in Jericho, the heart of the people was melting. Why? Because the church was coming out of the wilderness. The fear of the church was upon the people. All enemies are meant to be under your feet, not upon your head. Are you still there with me? You can't listen to me. You don't have any reason to entertain something perching on your head. If he flies, if a bird is flying across your head, it's acceptable. But for the bird to perch on your head, no, it's not acceptable. Are you see that? Hallelujah. I remember somebody calling me from a distance recently and said, Pastor, can you help me pray? I said, What's the matter? He said, They pressed me in the night. I said, Who is pressing you? He said, I don't know. I said, okay, just because we've spoken, no one will press you anymore. In fact, you are the one to press people. Because they are supposed to be under your feet. You have the weight, they don't have the weight. Where do they belong? Under your feet. No man is permitted to press you. You are the one to press people. That's what he paid for. He's sitting there watching you do it. When he finished the sacrifice, it is finished now, the church has power. What he's trying to say, the obstruction, the disturbance, everything that was frustrating the church have been taken away. Now the church has power. He's sitting and watch you do it. When he has perfected, he sat down at the right hand of God. Expecting. Oh my God. You see, it's like saying the church is disappointing God. Uh, am I communicating here? 
Because how can he be expecting enemies to be under his footstool and yet the footstool, as it were, the body is not performing? It's like the church is frustrating his expectation. But I won't have good news for you this morning. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. It's finished. Allow any dirty doctrine to rob you of God's power and glory. Are you sitting there with me, somebody? This thing is finished. I don't know. People give all manner of prophecies. I don't know. It doesn't really work on me. It doesn't disturb me. You can see all the things you want to see. <laughs> but I know my senior brother, my high priest, finished the job. He's sitting down and he's just expecting me to do the job. Amen? He's expecting me to do the job. Because it is finished. Help me tell you, no, but this thing is finished. Hallelujah! You don't expect no enemy can ride over your head. It is finished. Listen, do you know the power of the enemy? Do you know what the enemy hang on to do anything? The factor of sin and the law. Those are the two factors the enemy uses. You sin, they want to hang on you. You commit the law, you want to follow the law. You say, oh, but you sinned yesterday, the law said. You sinned yesterday, the law said. They keep reminding you. Now Jesus finished all the sacrifice. Listen, everything about the law and sin have taken care of them. I read the scripture yesterday. You were baffled about that. The book of John. John chapter 12. Huh? If you read that place, can put it on the board. John 12. Let's, let's look at it. Let's look at it. John 12, what verse did we read? Pardon? John chapter 12. Um, let's look at... Let me see. Pardon? 32. Very good. John 12, let's get out to 32. Let me show you something. Are we there? Okay. Now, go back a little bit to 30. Let's go from 30. Okay. Jesus answered and said, this voice came not, you know, they said you want to look for Jesus, whatever. Okay, go back a little bit. Get that. 29. Okay, 28, fine. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified and I will glorify it again. Okay. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it turned out others said an angel spake to him. Mm-hmm. Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Mm-hmm. Now is the judgment of this world. Begin to follow it. What is he talking about? Judgment. Now that has to do with his cross. Is that okay? Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be what? Be cast out. Go ahead. And if I be lifted up from the earth, withdraw all. What do you find there? Amen. You find that sin in brackets? Are you seeing it? If you look it from other translation, you find it in italics. Okay. So in the first place, it's not supposed to be there. So let's remove it and go back and read. If I have lifted up from the earth, withdraw all unto me. Huh? I withdraw all unto me. What is the all? Judgment. I withdraw all judgment unto me. I will take the sins of the people unto me. I will take their punishment unto me. I withdraw them. Oh my God. Listen. You know what Jesus did? It's like a vacuum. Sit there, they just put the vacuum and it will 
suck. Jesus sucked your punishment. Sucked your death. Sucked your sickness. Unto myself. That's why the Bible said the chastisement of the peace was laid upon him. So it's not drawing men. It's drawing judgment. Hallelujah! Did you get that? <laughs> you know, why we used to read this because we were told the serpent was lifted up. But the serpent didn't draw people. The serpent healed people. Did you get that? When you look on the serpent, you are healed. So your sickness was laid on the serpent. So when you lift up Jesus, your judgment is on him. Your punishment is on him. Your poverty is on him. Can I hear a loud amen, people? I will draw all. Hallelujah. Everything that is negative, he is drawing. <laughs> will you let him draw them? So you don't have anything to hold on to. No sickness in your life. No poverty in your life. No sin in your life. Because you are a saint. Hallelujah. That is why it is good news. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If I be lifted up, I will draw all. All. You begin to put the thing. The man writing this didn't know what to put. They put man. But now you can remove it and put whatever you want to put. He will draw my sickness. He will draw my poverty. He will draw my foolishness. He will draw everything. All. Not some. Unto himself. And when he drew them, he nailed it to the cross. And he said what? It is finished. So you are free. Hallelujah. <laughs> you like it, is it? There's good news. <laughs> when the son of man is lifted up he will draw all you have to feel it feel it huh? feel whatever you want my sickness my foolishness huh? my diseases my poverty he will draw all not some unto himself and when he drew all he nailed it to the cross now don't go back and collect it hallelujah Praise the Lord. Wow. <laughs> I like it. And you see, and you see what he's saying. It's like the Holy Ghost is a witness to this thing. Did you read in Hebrews 10? Huh? The Holy Spirit is a witness to what we're talking about. What he's saying is the Holy Spirit reminds you of these things. That this is what he has done. <laughs> Are you see that? The Holy Ghost reminds you of these things. In case you're confused about what I'm saying, you go back to John chapter 16. Put it on the board. John 16. Let him read. He drew all to himself. It's finished. It's finished, brother. It's finished. He did it once and for all and he sat down. Place of rest. Are you there in John? Give me John 16. Let's look at 7 to 10. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he's come, he will reprove the wall of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now watch this. Of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. What he's saying is, the Holy Spirit will convince the all-believer that Jesus Christ is the righteousness of God. He died for them. Are you still there with me? Look at the next thing. Verse 10. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you, my believers, see me no more. The next thing. Of judgment because the priest of this world is what? He's judged. So the Holy Spirit is doing three things. Number one, he convinced the unbeliever to accept Jesus Christ. You have done that already. The next thing the Holy Spirit does for you is to remind you of the righteousness of Christ which he purchased for you on the cross. So anything that reminds you of your sin is not the Holy Spirit, it's not good news, it's not the messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I add amen to that? Because he sucked all this thing to himself on the cross. I will draw. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you there with me? So, the Holy Ghost on a daily basis keeps telling you, hey, you are righteous, man. And you do something, but why do I say, no, you are righteous? And you, you say, no, you are a holy person. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You see, when your conscience doesn't condemn you, you have right to talk to your father, and your father have right to talk to you. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. For the world, he convinced them of sin, but for you, he convinced you of your righteousness. <laughs> That's good news. Hallelujah. Okay, let's try to finish up. Can we try to finish up? <laughs> you want us to keep talking? Hallelujah. Okay, go back to that Ephesians. I want to read it from I want to read it from Ephesians 1 again from the message. I would like us to take it from the message. God is sucking all of these stupid things out of my life. Amen. I'm a free man. Every debt must be paid. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whether I own it cautiously or consciously, every debt must be paid. God is sucking it. So I would draw all unto myself and I will nail it to the cross. Are you there with me in Ephesians? Let's get down to the, to the message again. Ephesians 1. 23. Just look at 22 again. 20, 20, 22. Ephesians from the message. Praise the Lord. Look at it. He's talking about Christ. He's in charge of it all. All has a final word on everything. At the center of this, Christ rules the church. Is that alright? The next verse. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. Huh? The world is peripheral to the church. You know what he's saying? The church does not depend on the world to exist. The, the world depends on church to exist. Hallelujah! <laughs> the word peripheral that is telling you is an associated thing. Something is like you're depending on something for existence. So look at that. You see? Are you there? The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. Are you still there with me? By which he feels everything with his presence. 
The church is the center from which he speaks and acts. That's why looking for him to, to come and hey, somebody begin to minister me of late, you know. You know, sometimes we come to service and the next thing we say is God God's presence was heavy today. God came, God came down. Are we correct? No. If he say God came down means he yeah, he, he keeps moving to and fro. And the Bible says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Never a time has God left you. Therefore, he doesn't come. He's always present. So we feel wherever we go with what? His presence. So he's expecting the church to release more of his presence for all his enemies to be where? Under his feet. So finally, let me give you a word and then we'll go tonight. I mean, this morning. Go to Second Peter 1. We spoke about this last week. I see if I'm going to read it from the Amplified today. Second Peter 1 verse number 2. You never did anything for all to be sucked. <laughs> it was just by grace that all that is supposed to be all named in your life is being sucked unto him. Hallelujah. Are we all there? Second Peter 1 from the message. I mean amplify. I'm reading verse 2. May grace, God's favor, and peace which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, oh my God, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears, and agitating passions, and moral conflict, be multiplied to you, in the full personal praise, and correct knowledge of God, and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I want you to catch this. God's favor. Can I say you are highly favored? (laughs) As you know what I'm talking about, favor is coming your way. Just knowing it. That's what you see, you don't need to pray to be favored. You just need to know. Accurate knowledge, precise knowledge. Favor is on your side. You are highly favored. You see yourself walking around, you don't know how favored you are. Oh, glory to God. I wish I can get somebody to see what I'm seeing. Highly favored. Amen. And peace. What kind of peace is this? Peace which is perfect well-being. All necessary good. Oh my God. Unnecessary good. So anything you think necessary for your good. All necessary good. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. All necessary good. All spiritual prosperity. Knowing that the spiritual prosperity controls the physical. All spiritual prosperity. And freedom. And I like this. From fears. And agitating passions. Freedom from fears and agitated passion. Those things that makes you not to be stable in your business. You always have been fear. You always been disturbed. What is it going to be tomorrow, man? All those fear, Jesus sucked to himself. And released peace to your life. It is finished, people. Is there anything again you're looking for? No. It is finished. When the Son of Man is lifted up, 
it will draw all. Hallelujah. And they replace it with his goodness, with his prosperity, with his favor. Are you getting what I'm talking about? All those, your fear, agitation, passion, moral conflict. No! God is removing all of those sins from your life. That is one of the reasons he died. And this is the good news of Jesus Christ. He died that he might set you free. And he whom the son of man set free is free indeed. Is free totally. Totally. And I declare to you this morning, you are free. In Jesus' name. 